A quick note at the top here. If you haven't heard, I have a brand new album out. It's called Ohio, and you can buy it or stream it in all the major digital stores. And as of last week, Ohio is finally available for purchase on Bandcamp. If you're unfamiliar with Bandcamp, it is my favorite digital music platform, precisely because it was designed with a desire to support independent artists like myself. Now, this is not an ad for Bandcamp. No one is paying me to say this. I will only get paid for this plug if it moves you to buy my music on Bandcamp. No pressure, but I do have an exclusive offer. If you purchase Ohio on Bandcamp, you will get six extra songs with the album. All six of these bonus tracks are original demo recordings of my own songs, three of which have never been officially recorded or released, and two of which have only ever really been heard by like maybe five people. These demo recordings span about eight years and are as raw and unpolished as they could be. If this type of thing interests you, then go to kevinheider.bandcamp.com and drop Ohio in your cart. That's it. I'm done. Here is my daughter to count us into the show. One, two, three, four. You're listening to Song and Story, conversations with songwriters about their songs. You can support this project on Patreon, and you can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Learn more at songandstorypodcast.com. Okay, I'm sorry if this sound isn't the best. I had an entirely different intro recorded for this episode, but it just wasn't doing it for me. So I'm recording this one on my phone before posting it over a week later than I planned on. Say la vie. This is the first official episode of Song and Story in the year 2020. And I wanted to feature this song to kick off the new decade, because when I listen to this song, I feel hopeful. And given the threat of violence and the actual violence we've already seen so much of in the new year, I think hope is what we need. Our featured artist is Tyler Hook. He hails from Dallas, Texas, and his voice is gold. Tyler put out an EP called Acoustic Session a few years ago. You can get it at tylerhook.bandcamp.com though I believe he recently re-released the EP under the title Living Well, which you can find on Spotify. This is the opening track. It's called Let's Go. Let's go back. 
29 29 okay yeah all right when do you when do you turn 30 in october okay kind of scared oh you know what you know what 30 feels like (laughs) what does it feel like it feels like 29 (laughs) okay (laughs) that's good to know i just like i turned 30 i was like you know what i when i was 12 i thought 30 was so old yeah right and now i look at 60 and i'm like man i thought 60 was ancient when i was a kid but my dad looks fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah man yeah yeah Yeah. that's the goal to look fine 
yes it'll look great I'm, I'm okay with turning 30 though i'm fine Good. with it you'll you'll be all right yeah you know. so all right so i'm going to ask you this first but i might move it to the end okay all right <clears throat> why does the song open with a harmonica <laughs> And then there is no more harmonica. Oh, man. That's a good question, and I wasn't prepared for that one. Um, I'm trying to actually remember. Was was there more harmonica, and you decided to cut it out everywhere with the beginning? I think, I think there might have been. My buddy, who was helping me like engineer it and produce it, I don't know. I think it was just a suggestion. Or he was just like, I think it's just cool to do an intro with the harmonica and then leave it out. And I was like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, let's do that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't have a straight answer for you. <laughs> Why? I, th- I think it's cool, too. And that's the first track on this EP, right? Yes, I think so. Okay. And, there, and there's no more harmonica at all like on the EP. Through the rest of the EP, yeah. And you know what? It might have. I did this um, with a buddy who like was kind of beginning his journey in like producing, um, and engin- well, more so engineering. He's done more producing, but we would run into mic issues and technical issues that you know just we couldn't fix on the next day. Like one day we'd have everything set up. He'd have everything set up the way he needed it, and we would do like say maybe I think we probably probably ended up doing a whole harmonica take or then came in the next day and not able to get the same mic placement or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, what, screw it. Let's just, uh, let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I know that happened a few times with the guitar. There was actually like one whole song that we actually had to just cut because we just weren't getting, um, the same takes like each day and it was just that's I, it's probably somewhere the answer for you is probably somewhere in in all that <laughs> <laughs> well here's here's why I like it you think it's going to be this type of song and then 30 seconds in it feels like a totally different song hmm. and then 30 seconds later when you get to the chorus it's completely changed from what it was 30 seconds ago. The genre so organically does a 180 mm. like three times in a row or no, two times in a row. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a fun natural discovery each time it happens. That's, that's interesting. I, this is, this is, that's really cool. <laughs> I've never had anybody point that out. I probably would have had somebody critique it like that and say, and that's exactly why we need to change everything you just did. Which, what was cool about this, doing this, was that like I could, I could do it like that. You know, I could like have weird changes like that. And this little acoustic session EP kind of just breaks the rules, I guess, a little bit. And that's kind of, I think that's kind of where my mindset was. You know, like I can do this however, I, however I want to do it. You know. So diving in to the lyrics here. It sounds personal. Mm-hmm. And what I think is interesting about the title of the track and the fact that each stanza begins with let's go. 
is that's something you say to when you're talking to somebody else. Right. Come on, let's go. Mm-hmm. But the lyrics are so personal and it's I, it's I, it's this is where I was. This is what my heart felt or didn't feel. Um, yeah. So is this like a, is this, is it kind of like a, you are talking to yourself, but in that, mm-hmm. you know, self-motivating sense, like, come on, let's go, man. Let's get out of this. Yeah. I think it, this happens a lot, actually, in my writing that I've discovered. When I look back and look at, you know, actually look at it, like, written out. Because um, a lot of my, I feel like a lot of my songwriting like this is, like, I'm having this internal conversation with myself, but also maybe like God too. And, you know, one of the things that I try to do intentionally is invite people who are, you know, the listener, um, knowing that the song will be played for someone else and not just for me, but kind of this like invitation for anybody listening or anybody that's going through something in life that's, maybe creating uh, a negative perspective or something, you know, and it's kind of like this invitation um, from me to them. Hey, let's go, you know? Uh, But yeah, then, yeah, of course, like it's, and then it gets really personal with I. Um, So yeah, for me, I think, you know, I was, I was falling in love with my girlfriend who is now my wife at the time. I think when I was writing this, um, I was also just having intense, um, just an intense spiritual journey as well in that time. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so there was a lot, there was a lot, it's kind of a lot involved with that. Yeah. So, you know, w- w- uh, let's go back to the place where I first saw your light so bright shining for me. Mm-hmm. Is there kind of a double meaning going on there? Like, are you kind of singing this to, your girlfriend now wife as well as to God or, or did this come more from the perspective of, of faith? I'd say it's more from the perspective of faith. Um, I think it's rooted there for sure. That's kind of what I gathered. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like the personal nature of that. When I first saw your light so bright shining for me, you know, not just that I, not just that I saw it shining, but that it was, it felt like it was shining for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you follow that with, let's go back when I first found love, not knowing where it came from, just like the wind blows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a more in a more humorous sense, I thought about that line and I thought, hey, where does the wind come from? <laughs> <laughs> I did. did you... <laughs> Did you th- did you think about that at all when you <laughs> uh, did you write the line and think, man, where does the wind come from? Man, where the hell does that wind come from? Um, you, no, not really. You know what? <laughs> I I don't. Um, I guess this is why I need you in my life to help me ask because you're asking me and I'm I'm going okay. Um, Hold on a second. Let me ask myself. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, I, I'm, I've, I've always really been 
struck by a lot of the mysterious things that Jesus tells his disciples. And one of the things that has always stuck out to me in the Bible was where he talks about um, just baptism and, and like where, you know, I was actually flipping through my Bible cause I really don't want to misquote it. Um, cause I can tell you exactly where that idea came from. I thought you would actually ask me about that. And, uh, <laughs> I was searching for it before we got on the call. Let's see. Now, now I'm feeling super existential and philosophical about the wind. It feels like a source, mm-hmm. but it it is not. It's the effect. It's an effect of a cause, and it's the effect that we feel. When a region on the Earth's surface is heated by the sun, the air above the surface heats up, causing it to rise. The upward movement of air creates a region of low pressure. Nature always strives for balance. So air from the surrounding regions of higher pressure flows towards the low pressure region. To even out in the pressure difference, the result is wind. End quote. So John 3, 8. Jesus tells his disciples the wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. And um, this whole idea of coming back to first love, I thought of that verse in the sense of faith, you know, us being born again, becoming a new creation and falling in love with this person, Jesus. It's like the wind. It just came out <laughs> when I thought about first love. So it now see now it makes me knowing that that's connected. It's making me think about Christ's words more. I guess yeah, it's making me feel more existential and and that's yeah you know that's interesting because I you don't I mean you don't really know me, but someone you know from my community who would hear a song like that or community of friends or like they would hear that coming from me and they would know that that's where that is probably coming from, you know? So that's, it's interesting to hear from someone who you think without you saying that it was directly inspired by that verse of scripture that they would put that together. Uh, Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the way I perceive, but I think I like, I like the fact that it's you who have heard it and you don't even, this is what I'm saying is, is I think this is a good, this is good for me, like as a songwriter, because I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess I feel understood right automatically once I, once someone hears this, because it's just been shared with people who know my life and my journey, and so they're going, oh, they're connecting all that stuff with my, you know, what they know of me, right? And so, right, I see. You know, you coming in and going, I have no idea what you believe in, what you've been through, you know, I just heard these words and. So it's, it's just, it's good for me to know like, oh, how somebody might, might be perceiving that, you know? So sure, sure. And and you know what, this is, and it's not, it shouldn't surprise me because I, this is why I wrote it. This is why I I didn't say like, this is my Christian EP. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I, I, anybody can, no matter what you believe in, you can, you can dissect this in any way and, and, 
and make it yours, you know, or like what you know, like you connect it with like with what only you have experienced. And one of those things that just, I don't know, interested, that was interesting. Even if you, if you pull any presuppositions that I, the listener might hold about whether or not this comes from a place of faith. And you could even say this, I think about the words that, that Christ choose to say to his disciples is that it's, it's as simple as using a, a practical, tangible reality to help explain and attempt to convey a higher truth. Mm-hmm. You're really just doing what he did in that you're, you're taking this thing that exists that people know, they know it, they feel it, and it's, but it's so real. The wind is so real and so natural. Yeah. It's just such a naturally common occurrence that you don't think about it. And he's saying, like, just as this is natural, you're kind of saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just like the wind blows. Right. We don't know where it comes from. Like, that's what it was like when I found that first love. Right. We nailed it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man. Definitely was not expecting a 15-minute extrapolation on the wind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> This brings us to the to the chorus, and I really appreciate the sentiment. You know, soon we will know, soon we will understand that all we have known was part of a much bigger plan. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of a nerd. I'll probably cut this out of the episode and use it in the introduction. Um, have you ever seen the program, I don't even know if it airs anymore, Inside the Actor's Studio? Inside the Actor's Studio? I don't think so. Uh, it was this guy, James Lipton. And he would have, you know, professional Hollywood actors come in and he would interview them for all of his students and they get a chance to ask questions at the end. But he would end each interview with uh, a list of questions. And one of the questions in the interview was, um, when you die, if you go to the pearly gates and you get to meet God and ask him a question, what are you going to ask? And he didn't discriminate, you know, even if the actor was a very known and vocal atheist, he would still ask him the question and they would, and they would still answer it. (laughs) Um, But Matt Damon or or no, I think it's, I think it's what do you hope God will say to you? What one thing? I think that was the question. And so Matt Damon's response to that was, well, I I hope he would say, Hey, you know, you know, all that, all that stuff that happened down there on earth, all the people dying, all the kids getting cancer. Um, all the suffering and pain and misery, all the stuff that you just, you didn't understand. Just, you know, c- come with me into the back. Let's, let's talk about it. <clears throat> and I thought like not knowing anything about Matt Damon, that answer to me was beautiful. It didn't have to come from a place of faith, but it came from a desire for everything to, in the end, mean something. Yeah. And uh, I mean that the last two lines of that course was like, all we have known will one day just be swallowed up and into this, like there was this massive plan that's just beyond us, you know? So I don't know. I had a lot of know-it-all friends and. <laughs> oh, is that where that came? Is that where that came from? You <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's really bringing back like things in my past, you know. I mean, I joke about that, but really, I did. I mean, I had 
I can think of specific two specific people in my life at the time were of Christian faith, but totally different beliefs and would have thought one or the other was going to hell because of, you know, something wrong that they believed about Christianity, which is crazy, you know? And so I think I'm thinking back on these lyrics and thinking, man, I was actually, you know, between two different friendships that, uh, yeah, just kind of reminiscing a little bit. See, that's really interesting to me because on, on one hand it's, it's, I don't want to say it's cliche, but it's, it's a common sentiment. Someday we'll know. It was that hit song from the 90s. You know, Someday we'll know if love can move a mountain. Someday we'll know why the sky is blue. Uh, someday we'll know why Samson loved Delilah. I can't remember who wrote it. The New Age Radicals. Mm. They did that song. So it's that, it's that common human longing to know. Yes. It's not a unique or profound thing necessarily. Um, but the way you expressed it and also the possibility that expressing it in this way came from that very, those very real interactions that you'd had with people. That's really interesting to me. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of that, I'm kind of that peacemaker type person, you know, I don't like conflict. And so I'm thinking, I'm just, I'm just thinking back, this is bringing me back. It's almost like a good counseling session for me, I think. <laughs> To just I'll, dissect my songs. I'll bill, I'll bill you. <laughs> I'll yeah. bill you after it airs. Yeah. Oh man. Um, yeah, you could, you could, you could make this like a, a counseling session for me. But I, yeah, I'm just thinking, man. I, yeah, I just care. I care deeply about the people in my life, and so I'm thinking, you know, that this chorus, you know, was really connected to that. So, the first verse kind of deals more with the positives. You know, uh, when I first saw your light so bright shining when I first found love. The second verse, I guess, deals more with not necessarily negatives, but uh, more questioning um, or doubt. You know, let's go back when my heart could not feel, not knowing if this was all real, searching for truth, and then almost desperation as it continues. Let's go back to my lowest state where you found me on my face, just crying out your name. Mm-hmm you're kind of describing two very different states, one of hope, uh, one of, you know, obvious experienced light and love, and then one of uncertainty, per- perhaps numbness uh, and desperation. But you want to go back yeah, to both of those. So I think just at those, well, just another Another thing to say about, uh, or where am I? I lost my words. I'm, I know where I want to, what I want to say, but I'm not, my lips aren't saying it right. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just like, you know, just like the whole like wind concept, that's, that's like one thing that's always, you know, I'm always trying to write around something like that. You know, like, I don't know, wind just sticks out to me. Uh, the heart, a heart being hard, you know, a hard heart even in the last record with a song called back to my heart or back to your heart, you know, I mentioned being hard hearted, you know, just something about being in that state. Like, yeah. Like one might see it like, man, that guy had, you know, there's just no hope for someone like that, you know, with a hard heart, but someone else might be able to see it. Like, actually that's a, that's a great opportunity. You know, someone with a, 
stubborn heart, you know, or an unbelief uh, or an unbelieving heart or mind, you know, like, and then all of a sudden they believe or all of a sudden they're, they let someone in, you know, they let love in or yeah, back, back to my lowest state where I just, I was so desperate, you know, I wanted to let somebody in, but it's like no one was coming in, you know, and I got, I got desperate and then you met me, you know, it's kind of like just being met and you're right. Like those are both two different like states of being, I guess. Uh, but I think, I think what I was trying to get at was being met in both of those states. The love felt fresh, like this love that came in for the first time that I allowed in, or it finally came in. You know, we can experience that for the first time and it, it ignites a fire in us you know, with my faith, um, or my love for my wife, you know, I think when we first fell in love, it was butterflies and, you know, just like wanted to be together all the time. And there's nothing that she did that made me mad, you know, like, <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I, lo- I love her the same as I did, you know, when we were dating, it's just, there's life stuff that gets involved and, 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 and the kids are here and it's messy and we're, now all of a sudden we're teaming up with life and we're getting lost in the, you know, we're just getting lost in the things of life and the, and, and you have to take a minute to go, wait, what did it, what was it? Like, why are we doing this? You know, remembering why, why did, like, why are we doing this? Oh yeah. Like I fell in love with you. Um, and it just reignites that fire. Like whether you go back, I mean, when I say go back, I mean, let's go back mentally, you know, let's, uh, take a breather, you know, let's go get alone for a minute and just, oh yeah, like this is how much I really love that person or this is how much I really love God um, or remember the things that I believe he did for me or brought me out of or delivered me from. Like, um, yeah, uh, I think just being met, you know, remembering being met in both of those places is kind of the the idea yeah i don't know if that i might have gotten off track a little bit there but with the question no no that was it's a really cool way to look at it um Mm -hmm. and even though the chorus doesn't i feel like you know the chorus doesn't really like sum that part up so much but so well that's that's what i think is is cool it's it's almost like you know the the first verse alludes to joy just kind of unexpected joy Whereas the second verse is uh, relief. Yeah. And it's kind of that invitation, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, gosh, it's the song is not, it's almost like I'm saying I and all these, but it's like not about one individual. And I could even say, gosh, I've had multiple times where I have had a stubborn heart, you know, and then there's been times where I've been, you know, crying out in desperation or, yeah, kind of like a cycle. It's like it's like I go through these cycles. Uh, me personally, I'll go through a, a cycle where I'm. It's not like the first time I met love. It was my heart was stubborn and I was crying out. You know, it was like maybe the first time I met love, my heart was stubborn, and then it wasn't. And then two years later, I lost track of love again, and and then became desperate for it. You know, and I just was like, all right, where is it? Where is it again? You know. I don't know. This is almost like a 
<laughs> the first verse was 1999, and then the second verse was 2005. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of this. Is that is that real? I, is that true? No, not really. <laughs> but I, I think <laughs> I'm just it. I'm just thinking like. You know, I've felt I've felt all of these things. No, oh, uh, I I see, I see what you're saying, right? <laughs> I guess I guess more in more than one year, more than just like at one moment. Yeah, you know, right. it was like over several, you know, years or days in my journey that you know I experienced these times where I've had to just go back to okay, why am I living? You know, what is my life about? Or what is this? You know, why did I choose to? take this path or just being met all over again, wherever, whatever state I'm in, you know? Yeah. I think we use, I think all is a word that we use a little too casually. If you're using the words intentionally, then what's wrapped up in all we have known is, you know, the, the joy and the light and the love that you sing about in the first verse and the numbness Mm -hmm. and the questioning and the desperation that you feel in the second verse. It doesn't matter what it is, good, bad, negative, positive, uh, whatever you have known in your life, the hope is that someday it, it meant something that, that it was worth something all along. Right. And almost like, that's what it leads me to. It's, uh, you know, experiencing all these things and it, in the course, it's like this relief to know, like, wow, this is all unto something um, bigger than myself. Right. And the way the way it ends, man, with kind of hitting the thump on the guitar and singing just twice, let's go back. Let's go back to first love. It sums up the song in such a simple, beautiful, and hopeful way. It was almost like everything else is building up to that one simple invitation at the end. You know, every, everything else is stripped away, the rest of the music. You kind of just do like a, a strum on the guitar before you sing it each time, and everything else is gone. Just your voice inviting the listener to, to come with you back to the beginning where, where, everything, where everything was good. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know what's cool uh, gosh when i when i think about when i go back pardon the pun but to like when i wrote this gosh i think i probably spent you know this this song was written over maybe two or three years just going back and forth to it you know um, but i particularly remember this bridge being put together i was sitting in my room that i rented out in a house with a bunch of other bachelors and, and my wife, uh, who was my girlfriend at the time was there. She was using, she was kind of using my room, my mirror or whatever to kind of get ready. I think we were going on a date or something. And I just picked up a guitar and I was just actually kind of working on this song. And I remember her kind of, she came out, she heard me playing that part of the bridge and she came out and she was kind of twirling around and just kind of dancing around being girly and and uh i think she she kind of helped with like part of that bridge and i told her about it i was like hey we're gonna i told her about this call and i was like hey we're gonna actually talk about let's go and i I told her about how i 
and I thought of her in that time and she helped me write part of that bridge. And, um, I think she, I can't remember. She can't remember exactly what she orchestrated in that part, but I remember she said, Oh, we should do it like this. And maybe she added first love or just the, maybe that first love, maybe the melody or something, but she helped write it. So anyways, it takes me, takes me back to actually that moment, that little bridge part makes me think of that. Um, just seeing my wife there and, or she wasn't my wife yet, but, and so it's just kind of cool. Like just the connection to my life at the time, the things that I was going through and experiencing a lot of things were, are just connected in this, in this song. So, um, but yeah, it definitely, definitely sums it up simply. And that's, that's my favorite type of songwriting is to make it simple uh, for people. So, yeah. So when you say uh, that you wrote it over about two to four years, is that your, is that generally your process? I feel like I'm like always writing. Uh, I need to be more disciplined at like, okay, I'm going to write at this time, whatever. But I have like most songwriters. I mean, I'm just coming up with melodies in the car or, um, or if I'm trying to, I, I've got, you know, probably 50 to 60 like voice memos with just choruses or verses or, you know, unfinished stuff, you know? So I, I think it's just one of those things that I just decided, one of those songs I decided to sit down and go, Hey, I really like, really like this verse and this course. I want to finish it, you know? And I just uh-huh. um, got with it. So uh, I think, I think it probably took a few years to write just coming back to it ever so often. And then finally recorded it uh, back in, Oh man, when did I release that? 16, 2016 or 17? I think it was 17. Yeah. So, and that was fun too. Just all the songs in that EP were written at least three, you know, three or four years prior to actually recording them. So, it was fun to just put them out and give them to the world. You know? Yeah. Well, it's a, the whole EP is great from start to finish. And I, the production on it, you know, it says acoustic sessions, um, which there, there is a little more going on. I mean, even this song has a, it op- opens with a harmonica, and, <laughs> but even in the choruses, uh, at least at the end, you get a little bit of that electric guitar it's hard to describe the kind of elevation that I feel when that electric guitar comes in, but it feels like comfort. Yeah. You know, in the midst of saying, look, I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't understand really anything that has happened, but I just, all I can hope is that whatever it is, uh, that it, that it meant something, you know? And when that electric guitar comes in, it's just this kind of hope and comfort kind of ringing out in the midst of that. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad that you feel that. Cause I feel that too. And that's all credit to my buddy, Garrett Hardy, one of my favorite guitar players. So, so was this, this was really one of the first things he, he recorded, he engineered. Um, this was, so Garrett was the guitar player. Um, then Alex Danforth at, um, North coast studios. Yeah. This was one of, uh, one of the first things he did. Yeah. And we're good buddies and he's, I mean, he's been involved in music for 
years. Uh, but just decided to kind of go the more engineer route and start his own you know, little studio. And, and so I got to be kind of the first fruits of that. So, and we started putting it out and people really appreciated it and just thought, man, this is great. Like he, he's, yeah, he's very natural at it. So. All right. So I'm going to ask you this first, but I might move it to the end. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Why does the song open with a harmonica? <laughs> and then there is no more harmonica. <laughs> oh man, that's a good question and I wasn't prepared for that one.
If you enjoyed my conversation with Tyler, please go check out his music. He's an independent artist like me, and one of the best ways that you can support indie artists that you like is by telling everyone you know about their music. Send links to your friends, follow Tyler Hook on Apple Music, Spotify, and social media. Leave ratings and reviews wherever you can. It all goes a long way, and Tyler's art is worth it. If you enjoy this podcast, do the same. And you can help keep it going by supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash song and story. Every little bit helps. Thank you for listening. If I'm just totally immersed in my church culture, I mean, it leaves people out, you know? Sure. And I think that's okay for some people to just be where you're at. You know, you're immersed here and you have your influence from this platform and you have this specific, you know, type of people around you. Um, that's not a bad thing. I've always just felt kind of like, man, I just, I've always felt called to, I want to, I want to go to house of blues and play for people drinking beer and hanging out. And I just, I just don't feel like there's a line, you know, I feel like people create a line between sacred and secular. And I, I just, I don't know. I just think we're, Jesus didn't do that. You know, <laughs> He was out in the streets. I feel like he relates um, to the homeless person more than he does the, the, you know, the Pharisees or whatever. So if you can sing something that's that you believe in and it's about God, God is real to you, you know, it's going to touch something in them, whether you mention God or not.